Hi, the Legal Eagles over at Shout Factory would like us to point out that this radio play doesn't represent Mystery Science Theater, Shout Factory, or Alterniversal. It's an unofficial fan production, and we hope you enjoy it. This production is sponsored by Damn Dirty Geeks and the Revival League, bringing old-timey radio back to life. And the Dino Hotel, the pride of Lakewood, Colorado. What About Blob is rated PG-13. It contains violence and immature situations. Parental discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed in this play are solely those of the authors and do not reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. It is now time for your IBS Midnight Motion Picture with your host, Jackie Naaman Jones. Good evening and happy Halloween to all you lovely little lumps of mortal flesh out there. You lucky devils are tuned in to the IBS Midnight Motion Picture, and I'm your haunting host, Jackie Naaman Jones, Zarina of Scream. <laughs> Mistress of Moonlight, <laughs> and of course, host of Jackie's Hand of Horror podcast, which airs every other Thursday right here on the Revival League podcast hub. Jackie, stick to the script. Sorry, but a girl has to get over, you know. <clears throat> anyway, darlings, things have been getting very interesting lately here at the Midnight Motion Picture. I recently started investing in cryptocurrency. Yeah, the money is nice, but it's the crypt I was really interested in. <laughs> Say, that reminds me. You know how a ghost gets the wrinkles out of its sheets, don't you? Bootox. <laughs> Just a bit of deadpan humor, darlings. And now. Without further abu, it's time for tonight's freaky feature attraction. It's one of my personal favorites, the creepy cult classic, What About Blob? It's the story of a sweet monster from space who just wants to eat, I mean, meet some new friends. So draw the curtains, darling, and scooch a little closer. I won't bite, I promise. And let's start the show. Sure is a quiet night. Yeah, the sky's so beautiful when it's full of stars. Almost as beautiful as you, Debbie girl. Ugh, don't patronize me, Stevie. Don't think I don't know why you drove me all the way out to the middle of nowhere to a spot called Grope and Fondle Point. I swear, Debbie girl, I, I didn't even know they called it that. You called it that several times when you asked for directions. And don't call me Debbie girl. I'm 19, not six. I'm sorry. Wow! Did you see that, Debbie girl? Debbie? It looked like a shooting star. You mean a meteor. I have an idea. Let's go look for it, huh? Maybe we can find where that meteor landed. If the debris made it to Earth without burning up in our atmosphere, then it's a meteorite. But what does a young, pretty, aspiring astronomer know? Lead on, brave teenage stereotype. 
Meanwhile... I tell you, Buck, the life of a reclusive old codger living in the middle of nowhere is a fine one. Shunning a life of technological comforts for a simpler existence as an isolated and, let's face it, deranged hermit is the best darn decision I ever made. Yes, sir. As long as I got my rocking chair, my whittling knife, and my secret moonshine distillery, I'm as happy as a hog on shit day. What in tarnation was that, Buck? Yeah, it sounds like some kind of space debris a-plumbing into the earth. Some kind of a comet, you know. Sure, Buck, I reckon you're right in calling it a meteorite. Look, here she is. Not that I see a reason to assign a rock a gender. Now watch out, Buck. You never know when one of those blasted meteorites may contain some kind of extraterrestrial entity beyond our comprehension. I suppose the prudent thing to do is to inform the authorities of the goings on a transpiring out here. Of course, for I report this to the appropriate channels, I'm a-guessing this is probably my only opportunity to poke a space rock with a stick, and I'll be damned if I'm going to pass that up. Ah, yes, there's some mighty fine poking to be had here for sure. I tell you, Buck, is there anything more satisfying than a good old-fashioned stick poking? Not for my money, there ain't. Uh-oh, looks like I done poked it so hard it cracked right open. Nonsense, Buck. I'll put my face as close as I like. What in the world? Well, hello there. of Dr. Andrew McQueen, psychologist. Oh, hello, Mrs. McQueen. Yes, one moment. Dr. McQueen is just finishing up with a patient. Thank you, Dr. McQueen. Next time I have the urge to turn hysterically violent around dairy, I'll stop and think of what you told me. Nopsy-daisy. Nopsy-daisy, Tanya. Remember, the control is in your hands. I'll see you next week. Enjoy your vacation, Doctor. Thank you, Tanya. Bye-bye. Note to self, patient Tanya has gone three weeks now without an outburst at breakfast. 
another successful chapter in the Nopsy Daisy story. Dr. McQueen, your wife is on line one. Thank you, Cynthia. Hi, honey. Hi, sweetie. Was that your last patient of the day? Yeah, the milk chucker. Isn't it funny how the last day before a long vacation seems to last forever? Oh, I wouldn't know, honey. As a housewife, I don't have the luxury of days off. Then take my word for it. Don't worry, dear. By this time tomorrow, we'll be on our way to Lake Crippendorf for a relaxing weekend getaway. Well, I happen to have a little news that may add some excitement to the weekend. It seems that a certain doctor husband of yours is set to receive a Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Association of Psychologists. And they want to make the presentation this weekend at the house at Lake Crippendorf. Honey, that's wonderful. I'm so proud of you. And the kids will be, too. I hope so. You know how important it is for their development to have a father figure they can admire. Debbie and Donnie adore you. Dr. McQueen, you have a call on mine, too, from Dr. Zylan? Dr. Zylan? I'm not familiar with that name. Hey, honey, there's some colleague on the other line. I'll talk to you more about the award tonight. All right, dear. I love you. Love you, too. Hello, this is Dr. Andrew McQueen. Hello? Hello? Listen, I can't understand you. Uh, Why don't you call back? Hello, Dr. McQueen? Yes, this is Dr. McQueen. Hello, Dr. McQueen. Um, uh, This is Dr. Faraboid Zylon from the psychological practice of the third black hole of the Crab Nebula. Excuse me, where? I I mean, uh, Pennsylvania. (laughs) I'm calling about a referral uh, we're hoping to make for a patient that we uh, can no longer treat. Well, I'm afraid I'm completely... Well, we've heard about your amazing new breakthroughs in self-control and feel you're the only earthling, uh, a human therapist qualified to help this most unique situation. Well, that's very flattering. Terrific! Then it's all settled. Good luck, Dr. McQueen. (laughs) He fell for it. Wait a minute, you haven't even told me... Hello? Hello? Cynthia, if anyone calls you about a referral from a Dr. Zylan in Pennsylvania... Yes, they just called Dr. McQueen. The patient insisted on an appointment as soon as possible, so I penciled him in for around 4.30. You should be here any minute. Cynthia, I was just about to leave. I have so much packing to do. I know, Dr. McQueen, but they wouldn't take no for an answer. By the way, your daughter is on line one. (sighs) Thanks, Cynthia. Debbie, you there? Yeah, Dad, it's me. I wanted to tell you about this meteorite we found last night. Me and Stevie tracked it down to the impact crater. We found the impact crater, Dr. McQueen! Dad, it was so weird. It looked like somebody had poked it open with a stick. Debbie, did you say meteorite? I I can't hear you, honey. There's a lot of hoopla going on outside. Let's talk about this tonight, okay? Love you. Dad, wait. Cynthia, what is the meaning of all that hoopla? It's your new patient, Dr. McQueen. He needs to see you urgently. Well, send him on in. Now, now, old-timer, what's all the hoopla about? It's this thing on his hand, Doctor. Look! I I can't! I can't get it off! No. Patient appears to have some kind of hideous deformity or growth on his hand. Where did this happen, old-timer? Out by my shack in the woods... I was a whittling with Buck when we saw this meteor fall out of the sky. Doctor, the 
thing on his hand. I swear it's gotten bigger since he's gotten here. Swollen up, you know? I'm sorry, old-timer, but I'm not the kind of doctor you need right now. I'm a psychologist. It said, it said I should come here. Dr. Andrew McQueen's office, 4.30. Who said this? The darn thing on my hand, you simple idiot. Dr. McQueen's, 4.30 sharp. I don't understand. The deformity on your hand told you to come here at 4.30 sharp. Yeah, I hate to be late. It uh, hates to be late. Note, patient has delusions that the deformity on his hand is both capable of speech and punctuality. Wait a tick, Doc. There seems to be some confusion. The old man here isn't your new patient. I am. Who said that? Where did that voice come from? Right here, Dr. McQueen. Doctor! The thing on his hand. It talked. The delusion is spreading. Even I myself would swear that the patient's deformity just addressed me by name. Hey, you're gonna give me a complex with that deformity crap, Doc. Uh, and I'm not a delusion, either. Then what are you? Oh, my friends call me Blob. Blob. That's my name, don't wear it out. <laughs> yeah, I was referred to you by Dr. Zylan. It appears my new patient is not human after all, but some sort of... Caustic extraterrestrial ooze. Yeah, that. But don't let the rapper fool you, Doc. I might be a caustic extraterrestrial ooze, but I have feelings, too. I see. And who is your elderly friend here? Who, him? Oh, just some old codger I found poking around in the woods. <laughs> you get it? Poking around? Because with the... Oh, I slay me. Anyway, I was just using him to hitch a ride to the appointment. I hate to be late. Yeah, you mentioned that. He hit my dog! Is that true, Blob? Did you et his dog? Oh. Was that your dog? Why don't you, two, have a seat and we can begin. Uh, thank you, Cynthia. That'll be all. Yes, Doctor. So, tell me, Blob, what's the trouble? <sighs> I got problems, Doc. I mean, I got so many problems, I don't even know where to begin. Well, why don't you start by telling me a little about yourself? Well... What's there to say? Uh, I'm uh, Pisces, as if you can't tell. <laughs> um, I'm divorced. You were married? Yeah, 18 months. What happened? Well, we were just different people, really. She was an extroverted type A personality, risk taker, and I was an extraterrestrial ooze that consumed matter. Long story short, she was made of matter, so I consumed her. And you know women, Doc. They can never let a thing like that go. I see. Is this gonna take long? Listen, old man, I'm going through a lot of stuff right now, and I would just appreciate a little patience. Blob, stop! You're hurting him! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You see what I mean? I don't want to hurt people, but sometimes they just make me so... Ow, ow! Blob! I'm sorry. I really am. that hurts Blob, you say you don't want to hurt people, but then you go off and you hurt people. It just sends sort of a mixed message. I know, I know. This is my exact problem. You know, I think you hurt people as a way of controlling them. You do? Yes. And another thing I've noticed is how you use others to make yourself bigger. You think I use others to make myself feel bigger? No, I think you use others to make yourself literally bigger. You've doubled in size since you've gotten here. 
At first you just covered the old-timer's hand. Now you're all the way up his arm. Oh, yeah, I'm assimilating his flesh. I see. And how do you suppose that makes the old man feel? It hurts. Wait, sir. You'll have your turn. Well, I, I, I think it hurts. But, uh, but I wish he could see it from my perspective. You know, I wish he understood how assimilating his flesh lets me compound mass. Hmm. Old-timer, is there anything you'd like Blob to understand? That assimilating my flesh hurts like hell, and I'd like him to stop. Ow! Ow! What the Why are people always trying to push me away? Blob? Blob! There's a real problem with the way you attach yourself to others. You latch onto a person and you smother them until there's nothing left. Yeah. That's about it in a nutshell. This has trapped you in a cycle of codependence, Blob, and that isn't healthy. You can't sustain any kind of meaningful relationship with others when you use them up in a hurry to be on to the next one. If you want to be happy, you have to stop looking to others to provide for you. And what do others provide me? Validation, reassurance, flesh to assimilate. You create these surrogate bonds by embracing others, Blob, but the one you're really looking to embrace is yourself. Wow. Surrogate bond. Codependence? Everything you're saying is making a lot of sense, Dr. McQueen. I'm glad. I want to give you a copy of my book. Nopsy Daisy? Yes, the book is called Nopsy Daisy after my groundbreaking therapeutic program. Nopsy Daisy. Yes, you see, all it takes for you to break the cycle of codependence is willpower. The next time you feel like attaching yourself to someone, I want you to stop and say, Nopsy Daisy. Nopsy Daisy! <laughs> hey, Doc, I think it works! <laughs> That's great, Blob. Although I notice you're still slowly enveloping the old man's head. Oh, gosh, I, I feel like a whole new Blob. I feel like I can do anything. Oh, Doc, they told me you were good. This has nothing to do with me, Blob. Your choices are your own. You just have to have the strength to say... Nopsy-daisy! Excellent. It sounds like we're off to a great start here. Now, I want you to go home, read my book, and we can meet again when I come back from vacation. Wait, what vacation? I'm taking my family on vacation for the long weekend. We do it every year. But, but what if I need you? Need to talk? Blob, what did we just say about codependence? Nope, Daisy. That's right. It's just for a few days. I'll be back next week. <sighs> nope, Daisy. Nope, Daisy. Nope, Daisy. Nope, Daisy. Um, um. Nope, Daisy. Nope, Daisy. Hey, I have a great idea. Why don't we both go on vacation? Both go on vacation? Yes. I'll go on vacation with my family for the weekend, and while I'm gone, Blob. I want you to take a vacation from being a monster. Take a vacation from being a monster? Yes. It's so simple. Take a vacation from being, being a, a monster. monster. Excellent. I think we're on the right track. Now, if there's anything urgent, just call Dr. Howland's office. He's covering for me. Take a vacation from being a monster. All right, Dr. McQueen. You and your family enjoy your vacation. Thank you, Blob. Read the book. And I'll see you next week. Ah, it was uh, nice meeting you, old-timer. Bye, Doc. Guess I'll see you next week, when we're both back from our vacations. <laughs> no, 
New patient blob displays a variety of attachment issues and a deep-seated need for personal connection to others. Hello? Dr. McQueen? It's me, Blob. Blob? Are you calling me from the pay booth outside? Yeah, huh? I, I just had a really serious relapse. I, I ate the old man. What? Yeah, the old man is gone. Blob, I thought I made myself clear. I am on vacation, and I will see you next week. But, but, uh, but... If it's urgent, Blob, call Dr. Howland. Now, goodbye. A gelatinous space monster comes to Earth seeking therapy? This is already getting weird. The IBS Midnight Motion Picture, What About Blob, will return after these spooky messages. The following trailer is rated S for stupid. Good evening. I'm William Castle, director and chief barber of the motion picture you're about to see. Our film tonight is the hair-raising story of an elegant male beautician played by none other than the horror icon, Vanson Proust. I feel obligated to warn you that Mr. Proust runs a Tony beauty salon about to be turned upside down by a nightmare of split ends and lackluster locks. His salon will be invaded by a devilish drying dome of doom known as the Tangler. Ladies and gentlemen, just a word of warning. If any of you are not convinced that you have a tangler loose in your beauty parlor, the next time you're frightened of the loose ends in your hair, don't tease, because your hair may be next. <laughs> no amount of blue barbicide can save the hellish hairdos ruined by the tangler. Again and again, Proust turns his head and quaffs as the tangler does its dirty work of harming hair. Ah, you hack! What have you done to me? My hair is matted and chopped at weird angles. It's mangled. You might even say, tangled. Madam, it wasn't me. It was the tangler. <laughs> some of the sensations, some of the physical reactions which the hairdressers on the screen will feel will also be experienced for the first time in beautician picture history by certain members of the viewing public. That's because members of my patent-pending Sinjorama movie experience crew will move through the audience with flamethrowers and actually set random women's beehives on fire. My hair, it's on fire! I say certain members because some people are more sensitive and flammable to these mysterious bursts of napalm than others. These unfortunate, sensitive people at times feel a strange, angling sensation. It burns! Why, oh why did I use so much combustible aquanet? Others will feel it less strongly, um, especially if we don't immolate them. But don't be alarmed. This is why you all signed ironclad, legally binding waivers before you entered the theater. Also, snip snip, we'll be shaving your balls. What the heck, my beautiful manlocks? I look like Gil Brenner. <laughs> yes, you do. Take that, Baldy. So at any time, if you are conscious of a tangling sensation in your hair, you may obtain immediate relief by screaming. Don't be embarrassed about opening your mouth and letting rip with all you got, because the person in the seat right next to you will probably be screaming too, mostly because they're now bald and on fire. So I'm William Castle saying, watch the Tangler.
It's time again for America's favorite and fastest game show, Dog or House? Dog or House! I'm your host, Floyd Lloyd, and this week our contestant is Moose. Moose is a big, dumb lug who likes girls and cars. Say hello, Moose. Hello, Moose. Now, Moose, you know the rules. You have 10 seconds to tell us whether this sound is of a dog or a house. Are you ready? Let's go. Uh, It doesn't sound like a house. It sounds like a dog. That is correct. I believe it was a border collie, to be exact. Ready for the next one? Sure am. That's a house. Uh, I heard a creak. Right again, a two-story Dutch colonial. You're on a roll, Moose. This next one is coming right at you. A dog. It's a dog. I'm sorry, Moose. That's incorrect. It was actually a Quonset hut. And although that's a bit of a trick question, I'm afraid you'll have to say goodbye anyway, Moose. Goodbye anyway, Moose. Join us next time, friends, on America's favorite and fastest game show. Dog or house! Dog or house. Until then, I'm Floyd Lloyd saying, when the going gets roof, the roof get roughy. This is Jimmy Dugan, proprietor of Jimmy Dugan's Movieplex, the coolest theater in town. You know, if you like great movies, cushy seats, and of course, all-you-can-eat popcorn, you have got to come down to Jimmy Dugan's Movieplex today. We are the coolest theater in town. Hello, folks. Billy Drake here, owner and operator of Billy Drake's Filmorama. You may have recently heard some vicious rumors spread by a rival theater of ours concerning their status as the coolest theater in town. Well, Billy Drake is here to set the record straight. We here at Billy Drake's Filmorama are the real coolest theater in town. And I mean that literally. Our thermostats are set to a crisp and refreshing 63 degrees Fahrenheit each and every day, making us the official coolest theater in town. And also, we got bottomless cola. So don't be taken in by imitators. Head on over to Billy Drake's Filmorama, the real coolest theater in town. We now return you to the IBS Midnight Motion Picture. What about Blob? That psychologist sure seems glad to be getting away from his new patient. Hey, what about the Blob? He's the Blob. 58 bottles of beer on the wall, 58 bottles of beer. You take one down, pass it around. 57 bottles of beer on the wall. Dad, I swear, I would leap right out of this car if I wasn't sitting in the middle. That's why we sat you in the middle, honey. What I think your daughter's trying to say, dear, is why don't we turn on the radio for a little while? This is an IBS newsflash. Eyewitnesses say the unspeakable horror which rampaged through downtown this afternoon was, quote, otherwise very cool, unquote. Dad, I'm Ford. Are we there yet? Not yet, Donnie. Why do we have to go to stupid Lake Quippendorf every year? There's nothing to do there. 
There's plenty to do there, champ. Swim, tread water, splash around. Nice try. What do you mean? You know I'm not going anywhere near that water. Oh, Donnie, you have to get over this fear of yours. It isn't healthy. I'll tell you what, this year I'll teach you to swim myself, all right? How's that sound? Good luck, old man. Mom, why do we have to bring Stevie along? Honey, Stevie's your boyfriend. Why wouldn't you want to bring him along? <laughs> because he's insipid. What does insipid mean? Look in the mirror. Debbie, be nice to your little brother Donnie. And also to your boyfriend Stevie. And also to people in general. Just wish we could have one weekend away from Stevie. Deborah McQueen! You shouldn't say such things about your boyfriend, especially when you're sitting right next to him. Yeah, Debbie, especially when you're sitting right next to me. Are we there yet? I'm bored. <sighs> hey, Dad, so what do you think about that meteorite Stevie and I found the other night? I don't know what to think, honey. That's really more of your area of expertise. I think it could have been a vessel for an extraterrestrial entity. <laughs> You have such a vivid imagination, dear. <laughs> hey, Debbie, I, I was thinking, maybe, it might be okay if I held your hand? Stevie, I told you, not until we're married. Well, when will that be? When it snows on Mercury. And when will that be? Never. Well, that seems like an awfully long time. Mom, Dad, are you going to just sit there while he pressures me like this? Hey, Stevie. How's the varsity team looking this year? Swell, Dr. McQueen. I hit almost all of the baseballs people been throwing at me, and Coach thinks maybe they'll want me at the university this fall. I didn't know you could go to school for baseball, but I guess you can. Wish I knew that before I wasted all those years at the word and number kind. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. If you get into the university, then you and Debbie can still be together. Yeah, wouldn't that be neat? Except Debbie never comes to any of my games. Why don't you come to any of my games, Debbie? Because they're insipid. I'm sure Debbie told you she was accepted at the university to study astrology. Astronomy, Mom. Astrology is for housewives. Oh, I resent that. Wait, wait a minute. I know that voice. Who said that? Where did that come from? Here, Dr. McQueen. And I'll have you know, miss, as a Pisces, that I read my horoscope twice daily. And last week, my horoscope said, you know what it said? It said that I would soon have a reversal of fortunes. So there. Ah! What is that thing? It's a monster! It's like some sort of protoplasm. Cool! Calm down, calm down. It's just a patient. It's one of my patients. Blob, what are you doing here? I'm so sorry, Dr. McQueen. I really am. Please don't be mad at me. But you see, a little bit of me got stuck to the bottom of your shoe yesterday, and... Oh, did I mention that every molecule of my body is conscious? You know, it doesn't come up much, but it's true. But I told you that I am not to be disturbed on vacation. I, I know that, but I just needed a little bit more therapy before you left for the whole weekend. Blob, Blob, get off the shifter. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I'm always in the way. Look, I'll just squeeze into the back seat here. Ah! Hi, kids. How we doing back here? It's so cool. It's like a big slug. Don't touch it. Don't worry, Debbie. I I'll protect you from the monster. Don't you touch me either. In fact, nobody touch me. Debbie, didn't we just talk about being nice to people? Well, this thing isn't a people. Point taken. But still, you should make the effort to be friendly. I apologize. Blob, was it? Yeah. I don't believe I've had the pleasure. My name is Barbara. I'm Andy's... Uh, well... 
Dr. McQueen's wife. Lovely to meet you, Babs. Hey, Babs, Blob, Babs, Blob. We kind of have a similar name thing going on. You know, it's so interesting that Andrew never mentioned one of his patients is a space monster. Oh, by the way, one of my patients is a space monster. Another one is a Presbyterian. You happy now? Blob, this is our little son, Donnie. Are you made of Play-Doh? Yeah, Play-Doh that can assimilate flesh. Gross. And this is our charmingly discordant daughter, Debbie. Oh, discordant, eh? You know, I have an uncle who's discordant. Mmm, small world. Yeah. Well, actually, no. Uh, he lives under a rock on the southern hemisphere of Titan. That's the... Largest moon of Saturn. I know. That's right. Did you also know Titan has a surface temperature of negative 179 degrees? <laughs> well, I guess that's enough to make anyone discordant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And this is Debbie's boyfriend, Stevie. Debbie's on-again, off-again boyfriend, Stevie. But more so on-again. Nice to meet you, Stevie. Nice to meet you. Wow, I, I guess you really must be scared, Debbie, to finally be holding my hand like this. What? I'm not holding your hand. My arms are crossed in the same discordant fashion they always are. Then whose hand am I holding? Oh, Stevie, you charmer, you. Ah! Ah, my hand! My hand let go! Nopesy daisy, Blob. Nopesy daisy. Sorry. Sorry, Doc. It's, you know, it's a work in progress. You know, I'm sorry, everyone. My hand, my whole entire hand is gone! This happens sometimes. It's a problem of mine. I take responsibility for it, and I am currently seeking professional help. My... my hand! Yeah, I said I was sorry. Are you sure you can't grow it back? Uh-uh, I don't think so. Well, you know, they make excellent prosthetics these days. You won't even know the difference. I promise, dear. Actually, if this makes him keep his hands off me, I'd say it's an improvement. Well, great then. Okay, Blob. You've met the family and you've assimilated one of their major appendages. Now let's find a place to pull over and let you off so you can go home and we can continue our vacation. But, but I'm just following your advice, Dr. McQueen. What advice? Take a vacation from being a monster. I didn't mean take a vacation with me. Well, I've never taken a vacation before. How would I know if I'm doing it right? There really isn't a trick to it, Blob. It's a difficult thing to screw up. Andrew, what's wrong? I don't know. The damn oil light is on. We must have a leak or something. Hey, Stevie, you're handy with cars, right? Yes, sir, Dr. McQueen. Eh, I bet you're a lot less handy with only one hand. Oh, yeah. Well, hold tight, everyone. I'm going to walk back to that service station and get some oil. And maybe while I'm there, I can find someone to take Blob home. Aw, oh, Dad, does he have to? Wait, Doc, I have an idea. My gelatinous mass has such a high viscosity that I actually make a really excellent synthetic oil. You know, it doesn't come up much, but it's true. Blob, wait. A little dabble, do ya? Now try starting her up, Doc. Yay! You did it, Blob! You're our hero! Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Blob. We really appreciate the help. Now, if you 
start following this stretch of road going in that direction, you'll hit the next town in just a few miles. Andrew, we can't just leave him here like this. Yeah, Dad, he's cool. Listen, I'm sure some good Samaritan will come along any minute and find it in the goodness of their hearts to pick up an extraterrestrial ooze monster hitchhiking along the side of the road. That doesn't sound very safe. Yeah, but for who? We are not ditching him here in the middle of nowhere after he helped us. Blob, would you like to have dinner with us tonight? Yay! Barbara, no. No, I, I wouldn't want to impose. Oh, you wouldn't be. Right, Andrew? Yeah, sure. While we're at it, let's invite Dracula and the Frankenstein monster, too. Gosh, I hope you have enough chairs. Well, if we're cooking dinner tonight for a monster, we better pick up some groceries before we get to the house. Stevie, want to lend a hand? Oh, sorry. Poor choice of words. Sure thing, Dr. McQueen. I'll help, too. Ah, Blob. It might be best if you wait here. I don't know how these small-town folk will react to us bringing a protoplasmic horror from beyond the stars into their grocery store. It may even be the first time some of these folks have ever seen a protoplasmic horror from beyond the stars. You think? Yes, so it's probably best if you... Stop! Stop! Robbery! Someone, please, stop them! Everybody back in the car. Blob, wait! Excuse me, gentlemen. I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to please stop right there. Oh, would you look at that? One of them hero types. Wait, Jonesy. There's something different about this fella. You can tell just by looking at him. Yeah, you're right. Something is off about this ugly lug. Well, ugly or not, he dies when you shoot him, just like everyone else. Hey, why ain't this ugly lug dying when you shoot him, just like everyone else? I don't know. Well, shoot him harder. Oh, did I forget to tell you? I'm bulletproof. You know, it doesn't come up much, but it's true. Watch out, it's lunging at us! Wow, 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 I would like to propose a toast to this dinner's guest of honor, Blob, for his unrivaled heroism twice in one day! Yay! Yay! All right, Blob! Please. Wasn't you scared of fighting those wobbers, Blob? Me? Shucks, no. Those silly bullets can't do anything to me. Now, the only thing that ever seems to bother me much is the cold. I can't stand the cold. But that seems to be about the only thing. I have to admit, Blob, you were a real hero. <clears throat> well, you know, your father is a bit of a hero in his own right. Absolutely. Yeah, Dad, but Blob is like a literal hero. Your heroism is more figurative, at best. Well... I bet he didn't seem like much of a hero to the two men he ate alive this afternoon. Dad, he didn't eat them alive. Blob just had the two of them enveloped until the police arrived. Remember? Oh, yeah. And those two guys were such good sports about it, too. Yeah, well, what about all the innocent bystanders who were injured by the bullets ricocheting off his body? Dad, no innocent bystanders were injured by bullets ricocheting off his body. Most of them veered off in totally harmless directions. Oh, yeah. Except for that one that got lodged in the spine of that other armed robber across the street. And how do you like that for blind luck, huh? 
I've heard of two birds with one stone before, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Donnie, what do you say we take the boat out to the lake tomorrow? I say you're crazy. What's wrong with the boat? Oh, it's just a little phobia of Donnie's. But don't worry, champ. I'll teach you how to swim this weekend, and that silly fear will be behind you forever. Even if it kills me? Even if it kills you. Which it won't, because why would it? So, uh, Blob, tell us, how do you like food? Oh, it's not bad. I've actually had food before. Yeah, sometimes when I consume people, some of them are holding food in their hands, you see? Uh-huh. So I naturally consume it along with them. So, in my mind, food itself is sort of a garnish. Something to spice up the monotonous taste of people. So in many ways, this meal is probably a lot like what eating a big plate of relish would be like to you. Oh! Well, Blob, if you're ever going to stop eating people, you better learn to like goulash casserole. Well, in that case, I just love it. Good. So, uh, tell us about yourself. What was it like growing up? Oh, it's the same old song and dance. I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Dad left one day to get a pack of smokes and never came back. <laughs> Mom said he was killed in a collapsed neutron star, but my Aunt Shirley told me he moved to a nearby quasar with his tennis instructor, Brenda. You know, I recognized him one day at the grocery store, but I never got up the nerve to confront him. God, that guy is total slime. He sounds like it. No, I mean literally. He is totally composed of slime. He's total slime. What about your mother? Uh, also slime but much more nurturing slime. You know, all a boy really needs is his mother. Easy, Norman. Are you still close with your mother? No, she's passed on. I'm so sorry. Thank you. It was really hard on me at the time. You know, a young ooze having to devour his own mother alive like that. Excuse me? Yeah, I ate her. Cool! You ate your mother alive? Yeah, well, that's what oozes do. I... It's just what's done. That sounds like it could have been extremely traumatizing to a developing horror from space. Right, Andrew? Is this really appropriate dinner conversation? Andrew? No, 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 no. Doc McHugh is right. Oh, by the way, do you mind if I call you Doc McHugh? Yes, very much so. So, Stevie... What were you batting this season? 240, 245? 255. Fantastic. Yeah, but I guess you won't be playing much baseball with only one hand now, huh? Oh, yeah, I... I keep forgetting. Again, I'm sorry about the hand, Slugger. You know, sometimes I get so excited around matter, I don't know what's the matter with me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a simple case of mind over matter, eh, Blob? Do you really think so, Doc? Mom, Dad, maybe Bob can stay with us the whole weekend. No, absolutely not. We have a very busy weekend ahead of us. Oh, yeah, my dad has his pants in a bunch over some Lifetime Achievement Award he's getting this weekend. Some Lifetime Achievement Award? You, you hear this? That's amazing. Well, if anyone deserves it, it's you, Doc McHugh. <sighs> now he won't stop calling me Doc McHugh. I mean, look at all you've done for me already. Yeah, just look at it. What was the name of the organization giving you the award, honey? The National... The National Association of Psychologists. NAP? No, 
They do not like that acronym, and they absolutely forbid anyone from using it. They think it makes them sound boring. They're right. So when do the nap people get here? Tomorrow evening. But don't worry, you'll be long gone by then. Well, I better start the dishes. I'll help you, Debbie. Uh, no thanks, Stevie. You know, I got it. Oh, um, hey, Debbie, I've never done dishes before. Do you mind if I help? Uh, uh, sure, Blob. Cool. I mean, I might as well lend a hand, seeing as I'm the one with the hand to lend. Am I right, Stevie? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding there, Chief. Barbara, I want that thing out of this house this instant. Shh, honey. Stevie can probably hear you. Huh? I don't mean Stevie. I mean the B-L-O-B. <laughs> Daddy said boob. Daddy did not say boob. Daddy said blob. I want blob out of this house. Is there anything worse than a friend who just won't go away? Yes, a monster who just won't go away. The IBS Midnight Motion Picture, What About Blob, will return after these eerie messages. The following trailer is rated I for insipid. All right, an old man asleep on the side of the road with his mouth open. Hey, Snooper and Torch. Want to listen to rock and roll and steal some teeth? Yeah, Cruza, let's do it. Flip, scoop, biff. Get the pliers and grab his molas. Tell 3D Moose and Rocco to break down our mocks in sizes. This is so hep. I got me a canine. Flip, grab a drill. All 12 of you, gather around the geezer's mouth. Hey, Cruza, I got his first and second pre-molars, and this one's got a gold filling. Payday, boys. Extra malted fries at the soda fountain later. Yes, it's Arch Hall Seniors Chompers, a sordid tale of out-of-control teenagers run wild into a life of illegal dentistry. As part of the dental youth epidemic sweeping America, juvenile delinquents are tearing at the moral fabric of our country. No mouth is safe from the criminally young. There's action. What the? What are you youngsters doing at my mouth? Quiet, old man, or we'll fence your nose hairs, too. Jesus, Daddy O's, it's the fun. Drama. I want to tell the whole world something. Those dentists, they ain't got gonna take my boy Torch. There ain't enough dentists in the whole world to take my boy Torch, you hear me? They ain't gonna take my boy Torch. Ladies and gentlemen, when you pick up your morning newspaper and read about some youngster getting into a life of oral crime and wonder why, I think you've heard one good answer. What I'm saying is, this man is drunk on mouthwash. That's right. I'm minty fresh and I ain't afraid to admit it. And Arch Hall's son Jr. is Cruiser, a bad boy turned to fencing pearly rights from their rightful gums until Johnny Law catches up with the whole gang. So, Cruiser, now we've nabbed you. Was your life running a chomp shop even worth it? Sure was, officer. We had a ball. A real ball. And you didn't even bother to floss. Yes, it's Chompers. Now a double featurette at your local dentist's office, along with the cinematic masterpiece, Gangly Caveman, starring that guy who will be a Bond villain someday. So brush after every meal and watch Choppers today. Has this ever happened to you? Oh, hi, fellas. What's up? Hey, what's buzzing, cousin? We were about to cut out and go cruising for a bruising in my ragtop. You in? Um, come again? 
You know, Daddy-o, it's nowheresville around here. So we are going to split in my flip-top rod to go cruise for some kicks. You dig? Golly, what the heck is he saying? Um... Man, you some kind of closet case? You're looking at me like some kind of goof. Are you not a hep cat? Man, just beat it, loser. Oh man, I just want to fit in with the cool crowd, but golly, my glee club or band camp friends never talk like that. What's a fella to do? Don't let this happen to you. Here at the Hepcat Slang School, we take the socially awkward youths of today and turn them into grooving greasers of tomorrow. Join today and become the real talk of the town. All right, cool it, class. I will now clue you in to the wisdom and illuminations of being totally hip, keen to getting kicks, and laying on the cool. Allow me to demonstrate. I wanted to burn some rubber at the drag, but my chariot wouldn't fire up. I don't get it. What does that mean? What are you trying to do, start a tire fire? Hey, don't flip your lid, daddy-o. So I goosed it to agitate some gravel at the race, because we were going for pinks, you dig? No, I don't dig. What the heck are you saying? We've got no frame of reference here. What, are you writing a book or something? Clue me into how you're not getting this in a jiffy, Mac. You don't have to be an Ivy Leaguer to groove on this, baby. What does any of that mean? It's like you're speaking in tongues. Man, being cool isn't learned. It's got to come natural. So as I was saying, I wasn't rooming no hunk of junk. I had my chick with me, and I'm telling you, brother, she Stop, please! Gone. You're slanging oh, out of control! We're scared! I'm Help us! I don't even know she what any of this means! Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Dugan again, proprietor of Jimmy Dugan's Movieplex, the original coolest theater in town. I just wanted to let that big bully, Billy Drake, over at Billy Drake's Filmorama, know that we have just turned down our thermostats to an invigorating 55 degrees Fahrenheit, making us once again the official coolest theater in town. So come on down, folks, and I personally recommend you bring along a light sweater or a jacket of some kind because it's it's pretty chilly here. And of course, we still got the all-you-can-eat popcorn here at Jimmy Dugan's Movieplex, the coolest theater in town. Hello again, folks. Billy Drake here, owner and operator of Billy Drake's Filmorama, with a little message for that punk Jimmy Dugan. Hey, Jimmy, I just turned our thermostat all the way down to 32 degrees. That's right, you heard me. 32 degrees Fahrenheit. It is literally freezing in here, Jimmy. Freezing. Billy Drake's Filmorama is the goddamn coolest theater in town, and it always will be. You hear me, you piece of garbage? We're the coolest. Anyway, folks. Head on down to Billy Drake's Filmorama. Bottomless cola and complimentary pockets for the whole family. That's Billy Drake's Filmorama, the real coolest theater in town. We now return to the IBS Midnight Motion Picture. What about Blob? No one will be seated during the heart-stopping dishwashing scene. He's the blob. So, Debbie, you, you study astronomy. Yeah. That's pretty cool, I guess, huh? So, do you miss space? 
No, not really. It's lonely out in space. In fact, it's cold as hell. Ugh, I'd give anything to be out there among the stars. Anything is better than being stuck down here on Earth with my insipid family. Hey, I don't think your family is so insipid. I think they're wonderful. And I think you're very lucky to have them. Some folk aren't so lucky, you know. Some folk don't have anyone. Some folk like you? Uh-huh. So you don't have anyone who loves you? No. Everyone I meet runs away from me. Why? Probably because I try to eat them. Yeah, that could be why. But your dad is going to help me put a stop to all that. Soon, I'll be able to have friends and a family and a dog just like everyone else. Meanwhile, in the dining room. Andrew, what has gotten into you tonight? Don't you get it, Barbara? He is a patient, a patient. Also, he's a terribly dangerous alien life form who might try to eat us at any minute. But also a patient. Sweetie. If he wanted to eat us, he would have done it by now. <laughs> Probably just biding his time, waiting until he can get all of us at once. Meanwhile, back in the kitchen. So, what's the deal with you and Stevie? Seems like a decent enough guy. Seems to be really into you. Seems like you just want him to drop dead. Yeah. No, uh, I don't want him to drop dead, but you're right, Stevie is a really nice guy. So what's the problem? Am I supposed to marry someone just because they're a really nice guy? No, I guess not. Well, I wish I could tell that to my parents. Stevie is their idea of an ideal husband, not mine. And what about your idea? Of an ideal husband, I mean. Maybe I don't have one. Maybe I don't want to get married at all. Maybe I just want to move to space. Good luck getting your mail forwarded there. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I, I like you, Blob. You're funny. Thanks. I like you, too. Oh, another thing about Stevie? His last name is Teenager. He insists it's pronounced Teniger, but it's not. It's Teenager. And I'll be damned if I'm going to be Mrs. Debbie Teenager. You know how stupid I'll sound when I'm 50? Back in the dining room. This is a complete violation of the doctor-patient relationship, Barbara. Honey, he is a confused space monster who needs your help. Do you really think it's a good idea to allow him near the kids like this? I mean, he's in the other room doing the dishes with our daughter. I think that's very polite. He must come from a very good upbringing. He ate his mother alive. Psst, Stevie, can I talk to you for a minute? Sure thing, Debbie girl. You know I always have time for you. Mm, not here. Out on the balcony. What did you want to talk about, Debbie? Listen, there isn't an easy way for me to say this, but Stevie, we're, we're very different people. What do you mean? No, we're not. Yeah, we are. I like learning and thinking and talking, and all you like is baseball and drag racing. That's not true, Debbie girl. I also like you. I know that, Stevie. I, I know you're not a bad guy, and I'm sure one day you'll make some vapid girl very happy. What are you saying? I, I want you to be that vapid girl, Debbie. I want to make you happy. I'm sorry, Stevie, but I don't think we should see each other anymore. Not see each other anymore, but gee, that'll make it hard to keep dating. That's the idea, Stevie. I think we should stop dating each other. Does this... Does this have something to do with that blob fellow? No. Yes, it does. You didn't want to stop dating me until he showed up. That's not true, Stevie. I've, 
I wanted to stop dating you for a long time now. I guess I just didn't know how to tell you until tonight. <laughs> so now I suppose you'll you'll go off and date him, huh? What? No, Stevie, Lav is just a friend of the family's. And also a space monster. Well, I hope you and that freak are very happy together. <laughs> Stevie. Knock, knock. Hey. Hey. How'd you take it? Hard. But it had to be done. I was, I was only making it harder by putting it off. He'll get over it. Young guy like that has all the options in the world. Yeah. Wow. The night sky is so clear. Yeah. I was just staring up at Ursa Minor. The Little Bear. Yeah. Some people call it the Little Dipper. Never to its face, I bet. <laughs> See that really bright star on the end of its tail? Polaris. Yeah. We call it the North Star. Sailors use it to find their way home. I was just wondering if maybe Stevie was using it to find his way home right now. Maybe. I doubt it. I don't think he's ever heard of Polaris before. You know, Polaris is one of my favorite stars. Yeah? Why is that? Because it really isn't one star at all. No, it's a multiple star. Really? Yeah. Trust me. I've been there. It's two stars together. There's one big main star, Polaris AA, with a smaller companion star. Polaris AB? That's right. And wherever Polaris AA goes, Polaris AB goes with it. So neither one is ever alone. Maybe. Maybe that's why it's so bright, you know? Because it isn't alone. It always has someone. Polaris AB. Yeah. Maybe sometimes we all need a Polaris AB to help us shine a little brighter than we do alone. I like talking to you, Blob. You're the first person on Earth who understands me. And you're not even a person. Or from Earth. Sounds like you were just born on the wrong planet. Andrew, put down that phone this instant. No, Barbara. I am going to call that old psychologist of his and give him a piece of my mind. He's going to take Blob back as a patient. Just you wait and see. Ugh. Andrew McQueen, sometimes I just do not understand you. Hello, operator. I'm trying to reach Dr. Farrah Boyd Zylan in Pennsylvania. No, no, he didn't mention what town. All he said was Pennsylvania. What do, you, what do you mean there isn't a Dr. Zylon in Pennsylvania? There has to be. Wait, what was the first thing he said? Oh, uh, operator, I've changed my mind. Do you have any way to connect me to a Dr. Zylan at the third black hole of the Crab Nebula? Yes, I'll accept the charges. Hello, Dr. Faraboyd Zylon speaking. Dr. Zylon, this is Dr. McQueen from Earth. You referred your patient Blob to me. Oh, hello, Dr. McQueen. I trust everything is going swimmingly. No, unfortunately, everything is not going swimmingly. Uh, there's been some complications, and it doesn't look like I'll be able to accept Blob on as a patient after all. <laughs> nice try, Doc. No, I'm completely serious. I do not want this thing as my patient. Listen, Doc, we have an old saying here at the third black hole of the Crab Nebula. What's that? No backseas. <laughs> if I ever get to that third black hole of the Crab Nebula, I'll show that 
All right, Donnie, it's time to go to bed. Oh, do I have to? Yes, you head on up and I'll come to tuck you in. Aw, can't believe this. Stupid bedtime every night. Debbie, honey, where is Stevie? Won't he want me to tuck him in too? Mom, Dad, I have something to tell you. I told Stevie I didn't want to see him anymore. Why did you do that, dear? Because I didn't want to see him anymore. I can't believe you did that, Deborah. That is so irresponsible of you. Debbie, I never knew you felt this way. Are you kidding? I was very vocal on the subject. This is the first I'm hearing of it. What brought on this sudden and complete lapse in judgment? Well, I was talking to Blob and- Blob, you had something to do with this? No, not exactly. I see. Well, we will talk about this in the morning, young lady. But as for you- Me? Yes, if you would please follow me to the door. I sure am sorry, Doc. I didn't know Debbie was going to go off and do something drastic like that. I was just trying to help. Blob, if you wouldn't mind stepping outside for a moment. Oh, sure thing. I... Hello? Doc McHugh? You accidentally slammed the door in my face and locked it. Doc McHugh? Andrew, what are Doc you McHugh? doing? What I should have done in the first place. Hello? Dad, we can't just send him off into the night like this. Doc Why McHugh? not? We did it to poor Stevie. Ah, point taken. And Stevie isn't a bulletproof monster, for Christ's sake. Okay, I'm back inside. Crisis averted. Blob, how did you get back in here? I seeped through the crack under the door. Duh. Sort of my thing. Well, seep right back out, Blob, because you are not respecting my personal space right now. Yes, I am. I'm respecting the hell out of it. Andrew, I have had enough of your carrying on. This is no way to treat a guest. You know, Blob, why don't you spend the night? Oh, no. No way. The representatives from the National Association of Psychologists... Nap. ...will be here tomorrow, and the last thing I want them to find is some extraterrestrial patient of mine stretched out across the pullout. Plus, he probably sleeps in his underwear. I don't wear clothes normally, so why would I sleep in my underwear? Hey, Dad, why can't Blob stay in Donnie's room? Yes, that's an excellent idea. There's a spare twin bed in there. Oh, no. We are not letting some strange monster we barely know share a room with our son. I can't believe you let some strange monster we barely know share a room with our son. Oh, Andrew. I believe him when he says he wants to turn over a new leaf. And so should you. You're his doctor, after all. If you don't have faith in him, who will? Spare me, Barbara. I don't see what you see in that gelatinous mass. You're one to talk. What does that mean? Nothing. Just that your mass has been getting a little gelatinous lately, too, Doc McHugh. Don't you start encouraging that. Anyway... Debbie seems to have taken a real shine to him. And that's weird. Oh, I don't think it's like that. I just think it's the first time Debbie's found someone who can speak her own language. <laughs> Leave the psychology to the psychologist, Barbara. Fine. Hm. Some psychologist doesn't even understand his own daughter. Hm. Donnie! Donnie, are you okay? Donnie! Donnie, are you all right? Yeah, Dad. Well, I heard screaming. Oh, yeah. Blah was teaching me this new game. Scream like you're being murdered. It's fun. You want to play, Doc? Mrs. McHugh? No, I do not want to play. 
Now, good night, boys. Blob, you are out of here first thing in the morning. nightmare. I, w I was standing in the kitchen next to the sink and my, my wedding ring had fallen down the garbage disposal so I was trying to fish it out when suddenly the disposal came on by itself. It, it began sucking everything in the kitchen into it. Glasses, plates, silverware, like some sort of vortex. Soon it started sucking down bigger things, tables and chairs, and then, and then even you and the kids... I woke up just as the entire house was pulled down around me, down into the disposal. Now, what do you suppose that means, Barbara? Mm, I think it means you should fix the garbage disposal, honey. Mom! Dad! Shh! Listen. It sounds like Donnie. Mom! Dad, hurry! It is Donnie. I think he's in danger. Donnie isn't in danger. He's in his room with Blob. Oh, no. They're gone. Honey, Barbara, wake up. Blob and Donnie are gone. They're not in Donnie's room. Andrew, what are you talking about? Donnie's room, it's empty. Don't you understand, Barbara? It has our son. You let that vicious monster into our house, and now it has our son. Mom! Dad! Oh, God, listen to his cries for mercy. I can't stand it. Blob is probably assimilating his flesh as we speak. Andrew, if you'd bothered to look out the window, you'd see your son is safe and sound swimming in the lake with Blob. <gasps> swimming, swimming in, in the, the lake, lake with, with Blob? Mom, Dad, I'm swimming. Donnie, Donnie, are you okay? Stay, stay where you are, I'm coming. Andrew, he's swimming. I'm he's swimming. doing it. Donnie, get out of that water this instant. I'm fine, Dad. Blob showed me how to swim. Hey, Doc McHugh. Did you know I have an internal air bladder? It makes me naturally buoyant. Doesn't come up much, you know, but it's true. Donnie, come here this instant. Mom, Dad, did you see me? Did you see me? I swam. I'm a swimmer. I swim. Oh, sweetie. We saw you, and we are so proud of you. What your mother means is disappointed, Donnie. We are so disappointed in you. That was a very reckless thing you did out there. Oh, don't worry, Doc McHugh, Mrs. McHugh. He was perfectly safe. I got my scuba certification last year. Yeah, I can officially be used as a scuba device because of the air bladder. No, Dad, it's fine. Really, Blob taught me how to swim. <laughs> No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Well, then forget everything he taught you, because I'm going to teach you again. Blob, I thought I told you to be out of this house in the morning. It is now morning, and I want you out. Oh, shucks, Doc McHugh. Did I do something wrong? Something wrong. Something wrong. How about everything wrong, Blob? You have completely infringed on my personal life, invaded my family vacation, broken up my daughter and her boyfriend, not to mention eaten his hand... Blob, you've done everything in your power to smother every single aspect of this weekend, because that's what you do. 
You smother everything, don't you? Well, I don't. Oh, you think I've somehow ruined an opportunity to have a bonding moment with your son, is that it? Go home, Blob. Dad, why does Blob have to leave? Andrew, don't you think you were a little hard on him? Oh, I'm sorry, Barbara. Exactly how long were you planning on entertaining a people-eating space monster in our house? You know, Andrew, I'm beginning to wonder what bothers you more. The fact that Blob is a people-eating space monster? Or the fact that, despite it, everyone still seems to like him more than you? Come on, Donnie. Both, Barbara! It can be both! Wow. Looks like that Doc McHugh finally blew a gasket, huh? The IBS Midnight Motion Picture, What About Blob? will be back after these creepy, crawly messages. The following trailer is rated P for Pointless. It's fantastic. It's unbelievable. It's true. The most daring film of the year, starring Bela Lugosi and director Ed Wood's Sven or Svenla, the tale of a fisherman who braves the ice of Lake Minnetonka in pearls and cashmere sweater. Ufta! Why are you wearing that dare sweater there, Sven? Oh, Lena, this year cashmere keeps me warm. They're in my ice house when the crappies are beaten. Yes, yeah, sure, you betcha. But why the pearls, Sven? Please, it's Svenla now. I'm Bella Lugosi, and I'm here to say, set the hook! Yeah, how else are we gonna catch them allies? It's a tale of major surgery, the removal of the man and the formation of the Minnesotan, a Minnesotan born at the age of 24. Doctor, how is he? A new life has begun. Say something, Svenla. Are, are the Vikings still up by seven in the second half? Yes, this Svensploitation film remains Ed Wood's plea for tolerance for all things frozen and Norwegian. Ufta, Svenla, would our love ever be the same? Sure, as long as the green belt premium keeps flowing there and our earmuffs always keep out the north wind, you betcha. Now hop on the snowmobile, baby, if you got bluegills to catch. Oh, Svenla, I love you so. Give this Norwegian satin undies a dress and a rod and reel, and he's the happiest individual in the world. It's Sven or Svenla. Only the infinity of the depths of a Minnesotan's mind can really tell the story. Ah, hello. This is Dr. Sigmund Frod. You know, the layman has found it impossible to navigate the caverns of his own mind. But no more. With Dr. Sigmund Frod's Dream Analysis Hotline, you too can have 24-7 access to the most respected mind in the field of psychoanalysis. Me, Dr. Sigmund Frod. Hello, this is Dr. Sigmund Frod. Hi, Doc. I have this recurring nightmare where all my teeth and hair fall out. Oh, uh, that's weird. Do you find yourself under a lot of stress lately? Well, actually, yeah, I've been real worried about my scholarship. Ah, you are suffering from a wrong repressed desire to engage in coitus 
with your mother. What? Yes, you wish to engage in coitus with your mother. Uh, thank you for calling Dr. Zygmunt Fraud's Dream Analysis Hotline. You'll see how easy it is. Hello? Dr. Sigmund Fraud speaking. Uh, hello? Dr. Fraud? I have this obsessive dream where I sort all the pieces of trail mix into separate piles. Ah, your disturbing dream is no doubt a nightly manifestation of your unfulfilled desire to engage in coitus with your mother. What? You're sick. I'm sick? You're the one who wants to stoop your mom. Hello? Dr. Sigmund Fraud. The voices in my head, they tell me to kill. They say, stick him, stick him. It is obvious that you two have a repressed desire to engage in coitus with your mother. How do you feel about your mother? With my hands, of course. That's great. Yes, that's Dr. Sigmund Fraud's dream analysis hotline. Just dial 1-5-5-5-M-O-M-S. B-O-Y today. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Dugan again, proprietor of Jimmy Dugan's Movieplex, formerly the coolest theater in town. Did you hear that, Billy? I said formerly. You win, all right? Go ahead and be the stupid coolest theater in town. I don't care, because Jimmy Dugan's Movieplex is now the hottest theater in town. You heard that right, the hottest theater in town. We just installed an all-new forced air furnace system, which keeps each one of our theaters at a sweltering 92 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so everybody, come on down and enjoy the all-you-can-eat popcorn while uh, sweating off the excess pounds in what is essentially a large public sauna with a movie screen. So. Once again, that's Jimmy Dugan's Movieplex, the hottest theater in town. Hello again, folks. Billy Drake here, owner and operator of Billy Drake's Filmorama. So you think you're pretty clever, huh, Jimmy Dugan? You think you can win this war by becoming the hottest theater in town? Well, Billy Drake doesn't think so, because Billy Drake's Filmorama is the real hottest theater in town. You see, I just doused all the seats with turpentine, flicked a match, now my theater is going up in flames in excess of a thousand degrees Fahrenheit, making Billy Drake's Filmorama the real hottest theater in town. So folks, head on over to Billy Drake's Filmorama while its structural integrity lasts. And don't forget the bottomless cola. That's Billy Drake's Filmorama, the real hottest theater in town. We now return to the conclusion of the IBS Midnight Motion Picture, What About Blob? I wonder what will Blob do after being chewed out by Doc McHugh? Hey, what about the Blob? He's the Blob. Hey, Blob. Oh, hey, Debbie. What are you doing? Trying to hitch a ride home. But your dad was right. No one wants to pick up a big, dumb space monster. Can I give you a ride somewhere? Well, to be honest, I don't even know where to go. I'm not even from this planet. How about you get in and we just go for a ride? All right. So where are we going? Eh, we'll figure it out on the way. You know, Blob, 
I sort of get this crazy feeling that my dad doesn't like you very much. Who? Doc McHugh? No, no. This is all just part of the therapy. He thinks I need to be less codependent. So, when he sees me with you guys, having a good time, he thinks you're enabling me. So, yeah, he sent me away. But I know he's just looking out for my best interest. So what, he thinks you're too clingy? Yeah, that's it. Clingy. You don't seem that clingy to me. No? Well, maybe the therapy's working, because I definitely am clingy. <laughs> it's funny. My dad says you'll never make any friends until you stop being so tenacious, and my mom says I'll never make any friends until I stop pushing people away. Well, aren't we a pair? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, hey, I'm gonna pull over here. This looks like a great place to get a bite to eat. <laughs> hey, you're just asking for trouble saying that to a ravenous space monster. Mmm. Mmm. Oh. Oh, Debbie, you were right. This food is delicious. What is it? Pizza. Oh, so this is pizza. I've heard so much about it. I didn't think it would live up to the hype, but it really does, doesn't it? Mm, mm-hmm. What are these little things on top? Pepperoni. Is that a meat? Eh. Hey, whatever it is, it's just wonderful. I thought you might enjoy it. Uh-oh, look over there. It's Stevie. I guess he didn't go home after all. Why don't we take the rest of our pizza to go? Oh, hey, look, everyone. Look who decided to grace us with their presence. It's Debbie the Big Shot and her big bad space monster come to gobble us all up. Stevie, have you been drinking? Yeah, I I drank three large malted milkshakes and I, I think I'm going to throw up. What about it, mother? Oh, Stevie. Hey, monster. I don't appreciate you stealing my girl and eating my hand. Whoa. I thought we were cool about the hand. No, we are not cool about the hand. You know, you think you're so tough. Well, why don't you drag race me and we'll see who's tough. Oh, uh, no thanks. I cannot run in heels. No, Bob, he's challenging you to an automobile race. First to go from point A to point B wins. So, let me get this straight. You think I'm going to jeopardize the safety of not only myself, but of my good friend Doc McHugh's daughter by having an all-out balls-to-the-wall race to the death with you? Is that it? Well, brother, you are on. Let's race. Drive us to your marks. So, Blob, when did you learn to drive again? Oh, I didn't. No, but me driving makes about as much sense as me seeking therapy, so I'm just sort of going with the flow. Oh. Drivers ready? Ready. Ready! Go! Faster, Blob! Stevie's pulling ahead! <laughs> I got that monster now. Hey, Debbie! Remember when we first met and I told you I have a very high viscosity? Like an oil. Bob, that's it. You're living oil slick. That's right. Now well, hold on. We're about to win this race. Huh? Hi, keep up. You did it, Bob. You won. You won. 
Help! Somebody help! That kid is trapped inside his car! Bob, what do we do? We can't let Stevie burn alive. Stand back, everyone. I know what to do. Stop! Drop! And roll! He saved him! Hey, that monster saved the kid! You smothered those flames like an asbestos blanket. Well, of course. I'm 23% asbestos. It doesn't come up much, you know. But, but it's, it's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> Blob, you... You saved my life. Well, shucks, Stevie. I just did as best as I could. <laughs> Blob, I gotta say, for a big pile of slime, you sure can drive. Thanks, Stevie. For a dimwit with one hand, you sure can drive, too. Friends? Friends. I'd shake your hand, but you ate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my hand's gone. Hey, Stevie, why don't you come back to the house for the rest of the weekend? We can all start over again as friends. What do you say? I say that sure sounds swell, Debbie girl. Debbie. Debbie? Where have you been? Your mother and I have been worried sick. I've been just fine, dear. And what is that thing doing back here? Dad, I invited Stevie back. No, I don't mean Stevie. I mean, what is Blob doing back here? It's okay, Doc. I'm cured. Cured? Yes. I'll never eat another person again. Don't worry. Your daughter showed me something I like to eat even better than people. Blob! Pizza! Either way, I still want you out of this house. But, Doc, he saved my life. Yeah, and he taught me how to swim. Yeah, and he taught me how to open up to people. I don't care. He is a monster, and he does not belong among decent society. Andrew, look around you. Who's the real monster right now? Him! It's all right, everyone. It's all right. This is just more therapy, you know? I get it. It's from my own good. No, Bob. No. This is not more therapy. In fact, there's never going to be any more therapy. Because I'm cured? No. Because all that nopesy-daisy nonsense is a bunch of buzzword bullshit. Don't you get it? Something like you can never change. You're a monster, Blob, and you're always going to be a monster. What are you saying? I'm saying that I never want to see you again. If you ever, ever come near my family again, I will kill you. I have no idea how, but I swear to God, I will find a way to kill you. <clears throat> Dr. Andrew McQueen? Yes. Who are you? Uh, my name is Gunter Groggy. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh. And this is my associate, uh, Miss Penelope Nottingham. How do you do? Uh, we are the trustees from uh, the National Association of Psychologists. Oh, the NAP people. We are looking for Dr. Andrew McQueen. Yes, right here. That, that's me. I'm Dr. McQueen. You? My word. I had very much hoped you were one of his lunatic patients. Uh, may I ask Dr. McQueen... What is meaning of this terrible outburst we've just witnessed? Oh, what, this? <laughs> Nothing. Dr. McQueen said if I ever came near his family again, he would kill me. 
<laughs> no, no, I, I said cure you. I'm going to cure you. This is all just a radical new form of Blob's therapy. Oh, you see? I knew it. <sighs> well, never in all my years have I witnessed such wildly inappropriate methods. Have you, Penelope? Yet, my word, never. This type of carrying on is certainly not in line with the high standards and values of the National Association of Psychologists. I'm afraid I'll have to suggest to the committee to not only rescind the offer of your Lifetime Achievement Award, but also... to have your membership in the National Association of Psychologists revoked immediately. No, you, you can't. We can, and we will. Now, wait a minute. Can I say something? (laughs) Sorry, it's contagious. Can I say something here? Blob, don't. Now, sure, maybe what you saw here today could be considered the dark side of Dr. McQueen's methods. But let me ask you, has there ever been a man of substantial genius who didn't have a dark side? You can't run the boilers on full without letting off a little steam now and then, am I right? No, but he was threatening to kill you. Kill me? Kill me? Are you kidding? Doc McHugh would never do anything to hurt me. He's my friend. (laughs) He just wants to help me. In fact, he's the first person who's ever tried to help me. He's the first person who didn't take one look at me and run the other way screaming. I mean, look. This man has even graciously allowed me to stay with him in his home at the lake for the weekend and, and, and to, to go swimming with his family and, and to eat pizza with his daughter. I'll vouch for the credibility of Doc McHugh any day of the week, not only as a psychologist, but also as one hell of a human being. And now you two come out of nowhere and you say Dr. McQueen doesn't deserve your precious award? Well, I say your crummy award doesn't deserve Dr. Andrew McQueen. Oh, please. My word, young man. Well, uh, not man. You're clearly not a man, are you? Uh, But uh, some kind of uh, protoplasmic horror, yes? Guilty as charged. I think I speak for both myself and Mr. Groggy when I say that your profound words have touched our hearts deeply. They have? Yes, indeed they have. Blob, I... I don't know how to thank you. And so we, trustees of National Association of Psychologists, present this award to you. Blob. Me? Him? In recognition of your lifetime of achievements in the field of psychology. He doesn't have a lifetime of achievements in the field of psychology. He doesn't have any achievements. All he did was give a lousy 30-second speech. Yes, but it was a hell of a speech. Good show, boy. You can't give him a lifetime achievement award for a 30-second speech. We can And we did. But I'm the one with the lifetime of achievements. Give me the award. You? (laughs) You're lucky to still have jobs. Yes. If not for the words of your glutinous friends there, we'd have your license to practice revoked. But, but, but. And strictly off record, Dr. McQueen, may I add that you seem like (sighs) complete tool. (sighs) Well said, Penelope. Wait. Mr. Groggy, Ms. Nottinghoff, please don't go. Well, I did not see that coming. Did you? 
Blub. Listen, Doc McHugh, I'm sorry they gave me your Lifetime Achievement Award. Here, you have it. No, really, take it. In recognition of your lifetime of achievements, I, Blob, present you, Doc McHugh. Blob, I. The only thing that ever seems to bother me much is the cold. I can't stand the cold. I have an idea. Why don't you and I take a little ride together? Do a little one-on-one -on -one therapy session. Yes. That's what I've wanted all weekend. Great. I'll drive. Honey, where are you going? Oh, me and Blob are just going for a little ride. I'll be right back. You know, you always hear children can be so cruel, but you don't really believe it until there's a pack of them swarming down on you, pinching you mercilessly. It's never an easy thing growing up. Oh no, this was just last week. <sighs> so, where are we going? Antarctica, Blob. Gee, I didn't know you could drive all the way to Antarctica. Yeah, well, I didn't know they gave Lifetime Achievement Awards to space monsters for 30-second speeches either, so I guess we both learned something today. So, how long does it take? About 140 hours. Great! That'll give us plenty of time to talk. I guess I should start from the beginning, when I was just a single-celled organism. <sighs> Ten hours later. So I looked him right in the eyes and I said, if you're the real Santa Claus, where's your elves? Another ten hours later. And there was that time I walked in on my mom's boyfriend in the shower. You know, when you're a kid, you're at such a low angle, you can't help but feel intimidated. <sighs> Another ten hours later. I thought he took me to the prom because he really liked me. But as I stood there, dripping in the pig's blood, I knew. Oh, enough of this. The hundred and ten hours later. Six, six hundred and forty-two bottles of beer on the wall. Lob, shut up. We're here. Antarctica? Yes. Sure, it's cold here. Yeah, cold. There's nothing like the cold, huh, Blob? N never been much of a fa fan myself. Perfect. Well, this looks like as good a place as any to step out and drain the old lizard, huh? Oh, uh, no, no thanks, Doc McHugh. I d d d don't even pass waste. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't c c c c c come, up, come up much, b b but it's... But it's true. Yeah. Listen, Blob, if you're ever going to overcome your fears of being alone, you have to face them head on. Once you isolate yourself, you'll see there's nothing to be afraid of. And it doesn't get any more isolated than here in Antarctica. Isn't there someplace isolated and warm? No, Blob. Warmth attracts people. If you want to be alone, you have to be where it's cold. Okay, Doc McHugh, I'll face my fears. You can do this, Blob. I'll be waiting right here for you. <laughs> so long, sucker. Doc! Hey, hey Doc! You f f f f forgot me! Bye, Blob! <laughs> have fun freezing to death in Antarctica! Oh, geez, Barbara. Did I have Blob with me? Oh, damn. Now where are we gonna get another space monster? <laughs>
140 much quieter hours later. Honey, I'm home. In the kitchen, dear. You've been gone almost two weeks now. We were starting to get worried. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey, but I'm afraid I have some bad news about Blob. Oh, you mean the bad news that you accidentally forgot me in Antarctica, you big dope? <laughs> Blob, how did you get here? I wish I could have seen the look on your face when you realized you left without me. It's impossible. You you couldn't have gotten back here before me. The, the cold, the cold, you should be... Frozen? Well, lucky for me, some kindly Norwegian scientist gave me a ride back home. Really nice guys. Did I tell you one of them was secretly a shape-shifting thing from another world? No! No! Hey, Doc. Nopesy daisy You're going to give yourself an aneurysm. No! Honey, where are you going? We were going to watch Stars by the Lake with Blob. <laughs> okay, Blob. Okay. You want to steal my family, huh? <laughs> you want to assimilate my life, huh? Well, I don't think so. You've messed with the wrong human being today, buddy. Oh, Blob, could you join me in the backyard for a minute? Sure thing, Doc. What do you need? Hey, what's the freezer doing in the backyard, you nut? Oh, that's for easier access to the steaks when we grill them. Okay, that makes sense. But one of the steaks is stuck way in the back of the freezer, Blob, and I can't reach. Would you be a pal and slither on in there and get it? Well, sure thing, pal. As long as you make sure the freezer door doesn't shut behind me. Oh, hey, Doc! The freezer door is shut behind me and locked. I didn't even know freezers had locks. This freezer has locks, Blob. Trust me, there's no seeping out of this one. Is this another radical new form of therapy? Yes, Blob. One that can't fail. You see, you just won't go away. So now, I have to blow you away. You know that won't work. It will once you're frozen solid. Wow. You've really thought about this, haven't you? Yes. The freezer is packed with dynamite. In exactly three minutes, you're going to blow sky high, and I'll be free of you at last. <laughs> is that clear to everyone at home? Goodbye, Blob. See you never. Why would you need a lock on your freezer? Well, honey... He said he was cured. I'm sure Blob just went back home to his planet to be with his own kind. Almost time now. Andrew! Andrew! Dad! Hey, look! Dad's over there! Shh! Just listen. Only 30 more seconds. 30 more seconds until what? Until the explosion that finally gets rid of you, Blob. Blob? Andrew, would you like to explain to me why we found Blob locked in our freezer in the backyard? And would you like to explain to me why your freezer has a lock in the first place? What is that about? But, but, where's the freezer? Where's the freezer full of dynamite? Stevie took it back into the house. Stevie?
We are gathered here today to honor the memory of our beloved Stevie Teenager, who was taken from us too early in life. Although Stevie endured many hardships, from his well-documented learning disability to his more recent bout with one-handedness, he always did it with a smile on his face. Bob, Bob, what do you have to say about the motivations behind the murder of Stevie Teenager? You know, it isn't traditional to field questions at a eulogy, but I'll go ahead and take this one. What can I say about Dr. Andrew McQueen that hasn't been speculated on heavily in the newspapers? He was a loyal husband, a loving father, and the best damn friend a blob could ask for. He is not the madman his recent public outburst would have you believe, and we hope he is soon acquitted of all charges now facing him. I want to make this clear. The death of young Stevie Teenager was a tragic accident with no one to blame. You know, everything I have today, I have thanks to Dr. McQueen, or Doc McHugh as he liked to be called. His brilliant, though unorthodox, therapeutic techniques helped me overcome the impulses which held me prisoner for years. I stand before you today proud to say that it's now been over 90 days since I ate my last person, thanks to Dr. McQueen's treatment. But now I find myself in both the happy and unhappy position of scrambling to fill the void left behind in the McQueen family until the day they can be reunited with their incriminated father. I want to thank Barbara, Debbie, and Donnie for being so strong during this difficult time. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Blob. And there's one more person I have to thank, and that's Dr. Andrew McQueen himself. Wherever Dr. McQueen is now... The Modern Mental Health Clinic under heavy sedation. I would just want him to know, thank you. Thank you for all you've done for me. <laughs> I guess that's all I have to say. Now everybody, get on in here. Group hug. Everybody, even the reporters, all the family, Debbie, Donnie, Babs, get on in here. Everyone, group hug, group hug. Oh, yeah. Ha-ha, <laughs> yeah. Where he should not go He'll fling you through the ringer If you tell him no You'll regret it if you let him in your bungalow But hey, what about the blob? Here's the blob He'll attach and latch Confuse and alarm You are no match for his oozy charm You'll lose your mind as he chews your arm But hey, what about the blob? Here's the blob He's the guest who will test you and then digest you, but hey, what about the blob? He's the blob. Oh, 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 who? Huh? Oh, Gunto, wake up. <laughs> what? What? Uh, oh, I, I was just resting my eyes, Penelope. Movie is over, darling. Oh, uh, is it? Uh, was quite good, I thought. Da. Well, I suppose least we can do now is read credits for them, no? Right, quite. Uh, 
You start. <sighs> what about Blob was written and directed by Rob Maynard in his work of satire based upon or inspired by Irvin Yeworth's 1958 film, The Blob, and Frank Oz's 1991 film, What About Bob? This radio play was a cross-stream between Damn Dirty Geeks and Revival League and featured the vocal talents of Brian Howe's Blob, Frank Dietz, as Dr. Andrew McQueen, Carolina Hidalgo as Debbie McQueen, Rob Maynard as Stevie Teenager, Jamie Flowers Ashley as Barbara McQueen, and Natalie Ryan as Donnie McQueen. <laughs> Trace Beaulieu as Dr. Ferroboid Zylan, Frank Conniff as Old Codger, Ryan Smith Darling as Gunther Groggy. He was terrific. Da, and Greg Talley as Penelope Noddinghoff. Her I could do without. Huh. Uh, oh, I, uh, Quinn Keating as Cynthia, Ron McAdams as Robber Number One, and Ryan Smith as Robber Number Two, and the Drag Race team. Talk about a multi talent. <laughs> Jeremy Whitham as reporter, Willie Golden as Mr. Hooper, Drag Race onlooker, and monstrous narrator. <laughs> Kate Page as Tonya, and of course, Jackie Naaman Jones as herself. She's a national treasure. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, this is my favorite bit, the commercials. The Tangler, Chompers, and Svenor Svenla were written by Greg Talley and featured Trace Beaulieu, Frank Conniff, Carolina Hidalgo, Frank Dietz, Jeremy Witham, Billy Golden, Jamie Flowers Ashley, and Ryan Smith. Coolest Theater in Town was written by Rob Maynard and featured Rob and Ron McAdams. Hipcat Slang School was written by Chris Bennett and featured Chris, Ryan Smith, Jeremy Witham, Rob Maynard, and Ron McAdams. Kilwin's Coffee was written by Rob and featured Greg Talley and Ron McAdams. Sigmund Freud's Dream Analysis Hotline was written by Ben Haslar and featured Greg Talley, Rob Maynard, Erica Rodriguez, and Ron McAdams. Dig Your Own Grave and Save was written by and featured Ron McAdams again. Dogger House was written by Rob Maynard and featured Trace Beaulieu and Frank Conniff. Original theme song, What About the Blob, was written and performed by Storm de Costanzo. Lyrics by Storm and Rob Maynard. Assistant Director Ryan Smith. Audio engineering by Ron McAdams, again. Ryan Smith and Rob Maynard. Audio editing by Rob Maynard. Music and sound supervision by Greg Talley. And guess what? Rob freaking Maynard. Sound effects by SoundSnap and Pond5. Rossini's Rants Devashes by Kevin McLeod from freemusicarchive.org. Radio Play Text Copyright 2018 by Rob Maynard. Commercial Segment Text Copyright 2018 by Greg Talley, Rob Maynard, Ron McAdams, Chris Bennett, and Ben Aslar. Production Copyright 2018 by Jefferson Hospitality. 
L-L-L-P. Promotional artwork by Ryan Smith. Wow. Is there anything that man can't do? Duh. He can't shut up. What about Blob Logo by Stephanie Stockert? Promotional photography and video by Robert Swanson. Mm. <sighs> We've reached the end of the list. Are we done here? Duh. Shall we go get coffee? I feel very sleepy, darling. No, no, I'm just getting my second wind here. I'll... Darling? Darling, you fell asleep right in middle of... <laughs> hey, what about the blob? He's the blob. With that, we put the final nail in the coffin on another IBS Midnight Motion Picture. We hope you have enjoyed tonight's presentation of What About Blog? Until next time, darlings, this is Jackie Naaman Jones, Zarina of Scream, Mistress of Moonlight, saying good night, sleep tight, and don't let the movie show hose bite. <laughs> And now, an important message from our sponsor, Kill Wins Coffee, brought to you by America's favorite felt puppet-like mascots, the Krasanka Wonkas. Hello, citizens. It is I, Jingo the Hawk, here to speak to you on behalf of rich, aromatic Kill Wins Coffee, the official coffee sponsor of the House of American Activities. You know... Only Kilwin's coffee has the strong, earthy, patriotic taste that helps you start your morning out the USA way. Now, my simple friend, how do you like the dark roasted flavor of Kilwin's coffee? Kilwin's, I can't stand the stuff. Really? Could it be because you are a communist? Gosh, I think you might be onto something. Only a pinko wouldn't prefer the bold flavor of Kilwin's coffee. Precisely, my subversive little friend. But fear not. Jingo the Hawk has ways to set you back upon the path of American virtue. Let's get him, boys. What are you touching there? Yes, rich, bold Kilwin's coffee. Only communists don't like it. And you aren't now, or have ever been, a communist. Have you? Take your medicine, you pinko. Now that was some quality acting right there. <laughs> <laughs>